Shalom to all. Today's daf is Baba Kama Daf Yod, and we are starting Tess Amud Beis about seven lines up from the bottom with the words Tanura Banon. And today's daf is sponsored Lili Nishmas, Mars Merim Sarabas, Riyakiv Maisha, Her Nishama Shana Havin Aliyah, and Lili Nishmas, Rabbi Yosef Yantiv, Rabbi Usher Anchal, his Nishama Shana Havin Aliyah. And now's the time where we all must increase our tefillas and our learning for all the people that are bringing Maisha Nefesh, Begufam, Menafsham, in order to protect us and keep us safe. Beis Hashem, through that, we will be Zaycher to the Shugdo that we need with the coming of Meshech and Kenu, and Meherv Yomenu. And the word quotes Tanura Banon, we have a Brisa. There's a chomer that Shar has over Bar, and a chomer that Bar has over Shar. What's a chomer that Shar has over Bar? That's Shashar Mishalam is a kaifer. A Shar has to pay kaifer, which means when a Shar Muad kills a person, the owner has to pay kaifer. And we mentioned this briefly on Davdalid. And if the Shar kills an Evid, so the master has to pay 30. Nigmar Dinoi, once the din of this Shar was completed, that we have to kill it because it killed a person. The owner is not allowed to derive benefit from it anymore. And the Derek is for it to go and damage. This doesn't apply to Bar at all, whereas Chomer Bar Mibashar, a Chomer the Bar has over Shar, is Shabar Tchilas Hasyasla Nezek, a Bar right in the beginning, it's already prone to damage, Umuad Mitchilasai, and it's considered a Muad right in the beginning, the first time it damaged, there's no such thing as Chatsi Nezek when it comes to Bar, Masha Enkin Bashar, and this does not apply to Shar. Yudaman Alpha on top, the brass continues, Chomer Bashar Mibash, Chomer Bash Mibashar. There's a Chomer the Shar has over Ash, and a Chomer that Ash has over Shar. Chomer Bashar Mibash, the Chomer the Shar has over Ash, is Shashar Mashalam Kaifer, a Shar has to pay Kaifer, like we just explained, Vichai Bashar Shal Eved, and the owner is Chai Bin 30 of an Eved, Nick Mardino. Once there was a Gemara din that we have to kill this shar, Asr Ba'ana, now it's Asr Ba'ana, Masul Kherashait of a Katan. If he gave his shar over to a Kherashait and a Katan to watch, Chayiv, the owners Chayiv in any damages that happen because they're incompetent. Masha Enkin Ba'ish, that's not so by Ish, as we learned on the previous Amud. Or Zachary Ba'ish with Bashar, there's Chomer that Ish has over Shar, Shah Ish Mu'ad Smith Chasa, Ish is considered Mu'ad right away, Masha Enkin Bashar, that's not so by Shar. Razak continues, Chomer Ba'ish with Bar, Vachomer Bar with Ish. There's a Chomer Ish has over Bar, and a Chomer Bar has over Ish. Chomer Bar with Ish, the Chomer Bar has over Ish is Shat Right at the beginning, a bar is already prone to damage. If he gave his bar over to a Kherashat and a Katan to watch, and something or someone got damaged in it, so the owner is Chayev, that doesn't apply by Ash. And Chomer Ba'ish and Bar, the Chomer Ash has over Bar, is Shah Ash Darko Lechol Hazak, Ash goes and damages, and is Mu'ad to eat or to consume something which is fit for it, and even something which is not fit for it, which we'll explain soon in the Gemara, that's not the case by Bar. Ask the Gemara of listening Chomer Ba'ish. Bar. Why do we say there's a chomer that Shar has over Bar? Shashar chayev by Sakalim, Masha Enkin Bar. That a Shar is chayev for damaging Kalim, whereas that's not the case by Bar. The Gemara explains why the Brisa didn't say that is because Hamani, who's his Brisa like, Rabbi Huda, it's Rabbi Huda. The Machaivel Niska Kalim Bar. He's chayev, the owner of the Bar, if Kalim get damaged in it. Ask the Gemara, E Rabbi Huda, if the Brisa Rabbi Huda, aim a safer. Take a look at the end of the Brisa. What does the end of the Brisa say? Chomer Ba'ish Bar. There's a chomer Ash has over Bar. Shah Ash Hazik. That Ash goes and damages. And it's mu'ah to consume something which is fit for it, and even something which is not fit for it. Masha enkim bar that does not apply by bar. So now we analyze this. Davar roi la mayninhu. What's something that's roi or that's normal for ish to consume? Eats him. That's wood. That's what a person usually fuels their fire with. Davar she'en roi la mayninhu. What's something that's not normal for fire to consume? Kalim. That's kalim. A person doesn't use kalim to fuel their fire. And the brass concluded by saying Masha enkim bar that does not apply by bar. But hold on a second. You Rabbi Yehuda, if the brass is Rabbi Yehuda, ha'amit you just said that mechayv ha'yir Rabbi Yehuda on this kalim bar. There be who does machayv damages of kalim that happen in a bar. So how could we say masha enkin bar that this doesn't apply by bar? According to Yehuda, it does apply by bar. The Gemara says you're right. El elam rabbanon he really is brasses rabbanon beton of ashir and the brass had taught some differences, but also left some differences out. And one of the differences that it left out is this, namely that one is not chayv for damage of kalim and bar, but one is chayv for such damages with ash. As the Gemara finds my shear the high shear, what else did it leave out that it left this out? And this line over here is a very important nakuda. There's no inherent issue for a mishnah or brasa to leave something out.
out that technically should have been included. However, if that indeed is the case, something else as well has to be left out. Meaning we can't say that only one thing's been left out. There has to be at least two things. And that's what the Gemara means by saying, my shear the high shear. What else was left out in addition to this that was just mentioned? So Gemara says, shear tomon. It excludes tomon. We know that if someone's fire burned the pile of grain down and there was something hidden, tomon, inside that pile, the owner of the fire is not chai for that. And that also was left out as one of the differences. Ibai Sam alternatively could say, loyal Rabbi Yehuda. Really, the Bar that's not including Kalim. That's including if someone's fire licked someone else's plowed field and ruined it, or scorched his stones and ruined it, and that's what the Bryce is referring to. But we continue asking on the Bryce, Maskal Ravashi Ravashi asks, Why don't we say there's a Chomer Shar has over Bar? Then in the case of a Shar damaging, the owner of the Shar would be Chayiv if it kills a Shar that's Psulai Mukdashin, which means that the Shar that was killed was originally designated to be a carbon, but it became possible, for example, because it had a mum. The owner of the damaging shar is chayev for that. Masha'en came bar. That wouldn't apply in the case of bar. Namely, if a sharp psalm gedashim falls into a bar and it dies, the owner of the bar is not chayev for that. That's because the Torah tells us that in a standard case, the pit's owner gets to keep the shar. But here, in the case of psalm gedashim, the pit's owner would not be allowed to keep the shar. So that's the difference between shar and bar. Why didn't the Bryce mention it? So my answer is, yeah, if you want to say the Bryce is going according to the Rabbanon, since we had other things that were left out, like we previously explained, this also was left out. So there's no problem. But if you want to say a Bryce Rabbi Huda, so my shear the high shear, what else was left out of Bryce? Then this difference was left out. The answer is shear dash beniroi. The Bryce also left out if the shark trampled on his plowed field. Ruvain's field was nicely plowed, and then Shimon's shark came along and trampled it, ruining that. That would be something that he'd be high for if his shark did, but not if his bar did, because a bar can't go and trample a person's field. And that's a difference that was left out of the Mishnah, according to Rabbi Huda. If you want to say dash beniroi, that's not something that's considered left out of the Bryce. Why? Because it was already taught in the that one of the differences between shar and bar is that shar goes and damages, whereas a bar doesn't go and damage. Because a bar can't go, it's stationary. And included in this difference that was already mentioned is if a person's shar goes and tramples on someone's plowed field. So it already was mentioned in the b'raisa, and therefore we see the b'raisa is not like Rabbi Yehuda. I think Mark continues explaining the Mishnah, we had said, if I caused part of the damage, so I'm chayiv as if I caused the entire damage. So now b'raisa explains what this is referring to. Tanarabon was taught in the b'raisa, if I caused part of the damage, I'm going to have to pay for the damage as if I caused the entire damage. Kate said, what's that case? So, this is referring to a person who dug a pit of nine tfachim deep. Another person came along and completed the pit to be ten tfachim, meaning he dug only one tefach. The last person is chayiv if something gets damaged in it and not the first person. And so we see, even though he only caused part of the damage, he only dug one tefach, he's still chayiv for all damages that happen. And with like Rabbi, this is not like Rabbi. The time we have a bride, if a person dug a pit of nine tefachim, another fellow came along and completed it to ten tefachim. Achrin chayev, the last one is chayev and not the first one, and that would be the town of our Mishnah. Whereas Rabbi Yami Rabbi says, we can go after the last one if something died in it, meaning if a shar fell into this pit and died. So the one who's chayev for that is the second fellow, the one who completed it to ten, because we know only pit of ten is able to kill an animal. Whereas achar we can go after both of them in regards to damages. That's because both of them caused any damages that happened. A bar of nine tefachim could damage. So if a shark got damaged in this bar, both the first guy and the second guy would be chayev to pay. And so we see that the mission is not like Rebbe. Our Papa, our Papa says, Our mission is talking about specifically in regards to Misa, and it goes according to everybody. Namely, when our mission says, if I cause part of the damage, I'm chayev for all the damage, that's referring to where the second guy came along and dug the pit to be a total of 10, and then a shark fell in and died. So even though he only caused part of the damage, he's still chayev for all of it, because he's the one that completed it to being something that can kill. And then the mission would be even according to Rebbe. Now as 
some say this is how it goes. Lema do like Rebbe. Let's say our mission is not like Rebbe. And then Amr of Papa. Papa comes in and says, no problems. Lemisa vidivrakal. Our mission is referring specifically to a case where an animal died in the bar, and that would be according to everybody, even according to Rebbe. But now the Gemara is going to ask, why is it this Brisa, an explanation of the Mishnah, is only talking about a case of bar? Why not mention other cases? Moscow Rebzer, Rebzer asked the following question. Vesuleka, there are no other cases that were able to say, even though I only caused part of the damage, I'm chayv as if I caused the entire damage. There's a case where a fellow gave over his shard to five people to watch, Upasha by Echad Mehen, and one of them was Pasha, he was negligent in watching it, Vehezek, and it damaged Chayiv, so that fellow was Chayiv. So we see that even though he only caused part of the damage, because there was four other people watching it, he's still Chayiv in the entire thing. Why was that not mentioned in the Brisa? The Gemara answers, I'll tell you why not, because Hechidami, what's the case? Elim, if you want to say the Belav, Yuhuloi Havimintar, that without this fellow who is negligent, the shard is not considered watched because it's a wild shard and it needs all five people on it. So Pshita de Yuhuloi it's obvious that he's the one that caused that damage, and there would be no reason for the Brisa to tell us that he's Chayiv. Of course he's Chayiv. In the bar case, the first guy did accomplish something significant. He dug it to the point where it could damage, it was nine Tfachim, and what he did lent to the final product of the bar now being able to kill an animal. Hence, it is necessary for the Brisa to tell us that the second guy is Chayiv and not the first. Because again, one would think that maybe the first guy is Chayiv. However, over here, there's no reason for the Brisa to tell us that this guy who is negligent is Chayiv. Of course he's Chayiv. He's the one that caused the shard to go and damage. Alice, or rather, what do you want to suggest? The Balavi Unami Mentor? That even without this fifth Shimer being negligent, it's considered watched anyway? Well, my Ka'avid, then what did he do, and why would he be Chayiv? So that's why this case can't be included. But the Gemara continues, Masculor of Sheshis, or Sheshis asks, There's a case of adding on bundles. Reuven had a fire, and then Shimon added some bundles onto the fire, directing it to Levi's pile of grain, and now Levi's pile of grain got burnt down, so the Rosh should teach that Shimon is Chayiv. The Gemara says, that can't be, Hechidami, what's the case? If without Shimon adding on this bundle, the fire wouldn't have gone and burned Levi's pile down, Pshita, it's obvious that Shimon's Chayiv. He's the sole cause of this damage. Ella, rather you want to say, that without Shimon, it would have gone and burnt down Levi's pile anyway? Well, my Ka'avid, then what did Shimon do? That he's Chayiv for everything and not Ruvain. So that's why we can't include this case either. Masculine Papa, Papa asked the question, we have the case of the following Echad. We have five people sitting on a bench, and they didn't break it. Echad, another fellow came along, and he sat on the bench, and he broke it. The last fellow is Chayiv. Papa just explained, for example, Papa Bar Abba came to sit down, and he was extremely heavy, and that's why the bench broke. So why doesn't our Brisa include this case? The last person is Chayiv for breaking the bench. The Gemara answers, Hechidami, what's the scenario? Elim, if you want to say the Blav, then without this heavy fellow sitting on it, it wouldn't have broken. Pshita, it's obvious that fellow is Chayiv. There would be no reason for the Mishnah to mention it. Elo, rather, you want to say the Blav, that even without this heavy fellow, it would have broken anyway? Well, my Ka'avid, then what did this heavy fellow do by sitting on it? It would have broken anyway. So that's wasn't mentioned in our Brisa. But now the Gemara just explores her Papa's Brisa. At the end of the day, how do we understand Rav Papa's Brisa? Why is this last guy Chayiv and the other ones are not Chayiv? So Gemara answers, That the Chiddush is that without this heavy fellow sitting down, it would have broken, but after two hours. Now this heavy fellow sat down, it broke after an hour. The Amrile, the people who were sitting on the bench previously, could tell him, if not for the fact that you sat down on this, we would have sat on the bench a little bit longer, and then we would have stood up before it broke. And now that you sat down, you were the one that caused it to break. And that's why you, the last guy, are Chayev. Asking more of Lehu, why doesn't the last guy tell the previous five, Ilavaton, if not for the fact that you were sitting on it, but Yidila have a misbar? It wouldn't have broken just because I sat on it. And therefore, when you saw me coming to sit on the bench, you should have stood up. So it's your fault as well. The more answer is, you're right. And he didn't sit on the bench. He was leaning on them. And since he was leaning on them, they weren't able to get up. And his added weight of leaning on them caused the bench to break. And that's why he's Chayev and they're Pater because they couldn't have gotten up. That's 
obvious. Of course, the last guy is Chayev. The answer is, Malatim, you might have thought, that his Kayach of him leaning on them is not like his Guf sitting on the bench. That his Kayach of leaning on them is like him sitting on the bench. Because the same way that his body would have broken it if he would have sat on it, so too his Kayach broke it as well. And that's why he's Chayev. Once again, we go back to ask on our Brisa of Asuleko. There's no other cases our Brisa could have mentioned. We have the following Brisa. Ten fellows struck one guy with ten sticks. Whether they struck him all at the same time or they struck him one after another, umes, and then the fellow died, all them are putter. That's because Tanakama holds, we don't know who was the one that struck him that death blow. Whereas Rabbi Huda Mimsera says, if they struck him one after another, the last one is because he hastened the fellow's death. So why doesn't the Brisa mention this case? We see the last guy only caused part of the damage and the other ones did do a significant amount of the damage, similar to the case of the bar, the last one dug at one tefach, and the first one dug at nine tefachim, and still were mechaev only the last guy, and not the first fellows. So the answer is, we're not talking about a case of killing, we're only talking about a case of damages. If you buy same alternatively, we could say, but we're not talking about a case that's a machlaikas, and this is a machlaikas, Rabban Rabbi Huda ben Becerra. Asking more of a lawyer, we're not talking about a case that's a machlaikas, and our first explanation of this original b'raisa that we're asking on, we established that our Mishnah is not like Rebbe. So how can we say that we're not discussing a case of machlaikas? That first b'raisa is machlaikas between Rebbe and the Rabbanon. So our answer is Rebbe To say that we're not going like Rebbe, but we go like the Rabbanon, that we will do. Why? Because we're possibly like the Rabbim. The Rabbanon is the Rabbim, and that's okay. Whereas Rebbe Yehuda and Beseira will like Rabbanon, Lemekminon. We're not going to take a b'raisa and possibly like Rebbe Yehuda and Beseira and not the Rabbanon. The Rabbanon are the Rav and not Rebbe Yehuda and Beseira. And that's why we're not discussing this case that we just quoted. That's a machlokes between Rebbe Yehuda and Beseira and the Rabbanon. How we continue from the Mishnah, which had said, "Chafti b'tashlum niskai, I'm chayiv in the payment of the nezek." So the Gemara makes a deal. Chafti b'niskai like it doesn't say I'm chayiv in the nezek. El b'tashlum niskai. It says I'm chayiv in the tashlum of the nezek. Now what's the difference between the two of these? So chafti b'niskai means I'm chayiv to replace what was damaged, whereas tashlum niskai means I must be mashlim. I have to make up or fill in what was damaged. And practically this means that the nezek keeps the dead shar, and the difference in value between a live shar and a dead shar is what's paid, not an entire new shar. And the Gemara further clarifies. We've taught in our Mishnah what was learned in a Brisa. What does the Brisa say? Tashlume nezek. By the fact that we use the word tashlume nezek, a payment of damage, that teaches us that the bailim, the owner, the nezek, they have to deal with the nevela, the dead shar. That's understanding the word tashlume, as in the word tashlumen, to fill in or to complete the damage. And we ask Munan immediately, how do we know this? So we have three different sources. Amravami Ravami says, that's because the Pasuk says, someone who strikes an animal and kills it, that's nefesh behema. He strikes the nefesh of an animal, he shall pay. Now, what do we learn from here? Don't say yishalmena, he shall pay. Mashma, he has to pay for the entire shore. Rather, we understand the word as yashlimena, he shall complete it. Meaning, the nizik keeps his dead shore, and the only thing the mazik pays is the difference between a live shore and a dead shore. Now, Rav Kahana or Mehachar, Rav Kahana says it comes from this pasuk. And this pasuk is talking about a shomer who's watching somebody else's shore and it was torn apart by a wild animal. And the pasuk says, Im taref yitaref, if it was torn apart, yivyeu aid, he shall bring a witness that it wasn't his fault. He doesn't have to pay for the trefa. Now we're going to move around the comma in the Pasuk and we're going to read a word differently. How do we understand it? 
ad treifa yeshalem. Up until a treifa he shall pay, treifa atzma lo yeshalem, but he doesn't pay for the treifa itself. So once again, we have another source that the nizik keeps a dead shar, and the mazik only has to pay the difference between a dead shar and a live one. And Chizkiah Mar Chizkiah says, Mehach, we learn from the following Pasuk. This is referring to when one person's shar kills another one's, and the Pasuk says, the mace shall belong to him. And what does this mean? The nizik, the mace belongs to the nizik, not to the mazik. And Mechain Tanad Bechizkiah, Abraisa was taught in the base of Chizkiah, the mace, the nizik, the mace, the dead shar belongs to the nizik. Now we analyze this for a moment. You say the dead shar belongs to the nizik, maybe it belongs to the mazik. And the answer is, you would say, don't say that. And we explain this, my what does that mean? It's not so. Um, Rabbi, he answers this is what the Brasa means. If you want to suggest that the nevela, the dead shar, belongs to the mazik, so all the Torah should write is one shar has to be paid for another. And it shouldn't say anything else. Why does the Pasuk say, and the mace belongs to him? If it said shar shar, that would mean the mazik takes the dead shar and he pays a live one in its stead. And by the fact that the Pasuk added in the words, that tells us that the dead shar belongs to the nezik and not to the mazik. And the Gemara clarifies with Tzricha, we have to have all three of these Pesukim. If the Pasuk only told us that when a person struck a shar, he has to pay only for the difference between a dead one and a live one, and the nezik keeps the dead shar, I would say the reason for that is because it's not shchiach. It's not common for a person to kill a shar. But in a case where a shar is torn apart by a wild animal, that's fairly common. I might say that the nezik does not have to keep his dead shar and the mazik has to take it. That's why we need the second pasuk as well. And if we only have the second pasuk that spoke about a treifa, I might say the only reason why the nezik has to keep the shar is because this is something that happened on its own. But when we're talking about a person striking an animal and killing it, to be a dayim, he physically did that action, I might say that the nizik doesn't have to keep the shar, and the mazik does, that's why we need the first pasuk as well, to say that even in that situation, the nizik has to keep the dead shar. And if we only have these first two psukim, I might say that in those scenarios, the nizik has to keep the shar, is because in the first pasuk, the nizik keeps it because it's not a shchiach case, it's not normal, it's not standard, and the second case is because it happened in Mela. In regards to the third pasuk of one shar killing another shar, that's a very common case, and that's considered to be happening because we're referring to a shar muad that killed another shar, and that means that it's the full responsibility of the owner of that shar muad to watch his shar, and when his shar kills another shar, it's like he did a biodayim, emoloi, I might say the nizik does not have to keep the shar in that scenario, that's why we need this third pasuk, and if we only had this third pasuk, I might say mishum kamazik, the reason why the nizik has to keep his shar is because it's the mazik's mamain which is damaging, but in the first two cases, the begufa mazik, it's he himself damaging, namely it's either the person himself killing a shar, or it's the Shimer's fault because he didn't watch the shar from getting torn apart by a wild animal, so it's like he damaged it begof. Emolai, I might say the Nizik does not have to keep the shar. So yichah, that's what we need, all three psukim. However, now, Amalai of Kanal Rav, of Kanal Has Rav, the Rachman of you're saying that the only reason why the Nizik has to keep the dead shar and not the Mazik is because the Pasuk says, Vamei but that's mashma halav hachi. Then without this pasuk, havamina, I would think nevela de mazik hava. The nevela belongs to the mazik. Well, there's a problem with that because hashta Let's say the mazik himself has a few trefas in his fridge. He likes storing dead animals for whatever reason, so he has a whole bunch of trefas. Yavle, the mazik would be allowed to pay for the damages that he or his shark caused with those trefas that he has in his fridge. And how do we know that? The Amar was stated, and we already had this previously. Yashiv, what does the pasuk tell us? Lurabis shavakasef afilu subin that even something that has the value of money can be paid. 
paid, even if it's brand, and that means even if it's a nevela, the mazik is allowed to pay the nizik with those nevelas. So the demi baya, you have to say that the nizik has to keep his own shar. It's obvious. In other words, the question is as follows. In other words, why do we need a pasik to say that the nizik keeps his dead shar and the mazik only has to make up the difference between a dead one and a live one? It's obvious that the nizik would have to keep it. Even if you want to say the nizik doesn't have to keep it, well, the mazik could just take that shar and give it back to the nizik as payment the same way if the mazik had some dead shvarim or some nevelas in his fridge, he'd be allowed to give those to the nizik as payment. So what do we need a pasuk for? Gemar says, you're right. All these psukim are telling us that the nizik has to take upon himself the pchas nevela, not the nevela itself. What does that mean, pchas nevela? So this is the depreciation of the nevela, meaning if in between the shar being killed and the din taira, the dead shar depreciated, so that loss is absorbed by the nizik, not the mazik. And that's what the pasuk is telling us. Now we're going to stop here for the day, but pick up tomorrow, continue to talk about pchas nevela. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.